Today's episode is brought to you by David and Bryce's Moms. We brought you David and Bryce, and now we bring you an extra special Mother's Day episode of Horror Movie Talk. We aren't professional podcasters, but we know a thing or two about what it takes to be a mom. So sit tight and prepare for the spookiest episode of Horror Movie Talk yet. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Wow, that didn't sound good. Hello, and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. Your panel of expert hosts this week are Dr. Kathy Day, who holds a PhD in motherhood, and Professor Tommy Hansen, the foremost expert in stern punishment of bad children. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm Kathy Day, and across from me sits Tommy Hansen. A cool thing you may not know about Horror Movie Talk is we have the very best community of any podcast you've ever listened to. There's a website, HorrorMovieTalk.com. They're on social media, Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash horror movie talk. We post new episodes every Wednesday. Call us at our voicemail, 682-253-4468, normal, 252-228-2628, body, 4628, excuse me, 252-228-4628, body fluids exchange. We've got a great show today. We're going to re be reviewing A Bad Seed, which is a movie from 1956. We'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And later, we will be telling stories about David and Bryce and taking calls from listeners. We watched The Bad Seed, made in 1956, and it was a lot slower than I remembered it being when I saw it in the late 60s, but knowing it was a stage play first, it kind of makes sense. Oh, here's the trailer. Get kind of lonesome when that soldier boy has gone. I wish she were mine. Every time I look at her, I wish I had just such a little girl. 
This has been a terrible tragedy for Mrs. Daigle if she's lost her only child. That know-it-all Monica breed love. I don't think nobody knows anything but her. He has the mind of an eight-year-old, but he's managed to produce a family, so I keep him on. Give me those shoes back. Oh, no, I got them shoes head with. Nobody but me can find them. Better give me those shoes, they're mine. Give them back to me. I believe you did it. What'll you give me if I give you a basket of kisses? <laughs> I'll give you a basket of hugs. <laughs> I'll miss your hugs. <laughs> Well, I'm not letting the slightest degree. Really knows what she's told of you. Don't mind me being presumptuous. I had a long talk with that guard since I saw you last. And that was a long, interesting conversation. He said he saw Rhoda on the pier just before Claude was found among the pilings. She knows something, all right. Did you have anything? I don't care how small it was. Did you have anything to do with the way Claude got drowned? What makes you ask that, Mother? Now, look me in the eye and tell me the truth, because I must know. No, Mother, I didn't. You're not going back to the Fern School next year. They don't want you anymore. Okay. I'm going to call Miss Fern and have her come over here. You think I lied to you her? You did lie to her. But not to you, Mother, not to you. You know something? Miss Fern dyes her hair. And Rhoda's a sweet, perfectly sound little girl. Is father, is she? Granddaddy! Next to Daddy, you lift me up best. Why do you look at me? I just want to see your face. The Bad Seed can be found for rent on Amazon or anywhere you rent movies online. The Bad Seed is a story about... Oh. <laughs> I was just going to say, don't bother. Oh, she hated it. The Bad Seed is a story about a little girl, Rhoda Penmark, who may have been born bad with no conscious empathy or soul. Rhoda's mom, Christine, learns of a death at her daughter's school picnic. The Daigle boy who died just happens to have been the same young man that beat little Rhoda at the penmanship competition and got a cool medal for it. I think our sons needed a penmanship competition. <laughs> Rhoda, seems, Rhoda seems unconcerned and even a bit peckish following the death of her classmate, and she only asks for a peanut butter sandwich. As the story unravels, we learn more and more mysterious deaths that seem to have occurred in Rhoda's presence, and everyone gets more evil child than they bargained for. The Bad Seed was directed by Mervyn Leroy and adapted from Maxwell Anderson's play, which was adapted from William March's book, all of the same name. As a, res as a result, it feels a bit stage like a stage play, which by today's standards means that it feels a little fluffy in areas. At the core of the movie is a mystery of how Rhoda got to be this way, 
Was she born evil, or did Christine and her husband raise her wrong? The movie preys on a parent's innate fear of being unable to bring their their child back from completely unacceptable behavior. The way the bad seed handles tension works quite well, even by today's standards. The conversations about Rhoda is and what is to be done with her continue to escalate the feeling of unease. This is a character-driven movie, and all of the actors chewed up the set in their respective roles, from precocious Rhoda to suspicious Leroy, and even Rhoda's teacher. The characters and dialogue are what make this movie very similar to a play. The Bad Seed is incredibly slow by today's standards, and a lot of the dialogue winds its way in and out of being useful or progressing the story. One thing that everyone will agree on is Patty McCormick steals the show and sets the standard for one of the biggest tropes in horror movie history, the evil child. I gave this movie a 8 out of 10 score. What about you, Tommy? No, I put it about 3. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I remember seeing it as a kid and I kinda, it's kind of a good, kind of memorable to me. What didn't you like about it, Mom? Oh, what didn't I like about it? Well, I guess I was looking at it from today's standard, and yeah. it was a bit overacted. You know, I'm used to the, you get used to the subtle ra- raising of an eyebrow or a stern look, and and I just thought, you know, if if my kid had been her, I would have known instantly she was up to something bad. <laughs> I mean, really. Right. But the, it was a stage play. So they were playing to the balcony, basically. And they didn't tone it down in the movie. Well, even stage plays are a little understated in their acting. You know, the acting was just a little over the top. Like, oh, like third grade. This was nominated for four yeah, Oscars. Yeah, it was, it was nominated for four awards. Four Oscars. Um, yes. Best Actress for Nancy Kelly. Best Actress in a Supporting Role, Eileen Heckert, who was... The drunk? The Daigles. Yes, the drunk woman that was coping with her son's death. And I think she won, actually. I yes, she, she won. Well, she won a Golden Globe. She didn't win oh, an Oscar. Oh, I thought she won an Oscar. The um, Best Cinematography Oscar uh, for Black and White uh, cinematography, Harold Rawson, and uh, th- what none about of those costumes? Won. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Golden Globes nominations were Best Supporting Actress Patty McCormick and Eileen Heckert, who did win. My she mom's was... super excited about talking about the costumes <laughs> in the spoiler <laughs> section. I can tell. <laughs> I'm super excited about some of the other stuff, but the drunk. I always wanted to play a drunk. <laughs> I thought that would be fun. She was good. She wasn't. She was never sober in any of her in no. any of her scenes. She was always drunk. But for as drunk as she played, she sure did walk okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, she should have been falling down. Oh, uh, the listener should know that my mom does not have a lot of experience being drunk. <laughs> so this is all just blind. <laughs> assumptions <laughs> okay nice nice stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> why don't why don't you take the the first ad mom for night channels oh 
Okay, nightchannels.com. It's one of our advertisers. Night Channel is where you go when you absolutely must have the best horror movie and satanic shirt and sweatshirt wear. <laughs> Just go to the nightchannels.com and surf through their shirts and I guarantee you'll find something your mom will love to hate. <laughs> You can find shirts from Alien Dune, The Thing, Blue Velvet, Mac and Me, Video Drone, Critters 2, Hellrisers, The Witch, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and more. Enter code HMT. That's in capital letters. Capital letters. At checkout to get 13% off your order and save on that solo shirt your mom has been begging you about. Sal Sallow? Okay. Yeah. Sallow. Sallow shirt. Your okay. And I really bug him. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you need below the waist grooming, you need manscaped.com. Listen, kids. We don't condone sex before marriage. So once you're married, head over to manscaped.com and gussy yourself up down there. Below the waist grooming is important, which is why manscaped.com offers the Lawnmower 3.0, the leading below the waist electric trimmer. They offer the weed whacker for the older men with stubby ear and nose hair. The best products at manscaped.com are the Crop Reviver and the Crop Preserver to keep the downstairs fresh and smelling wonderful. When you are ready for post-marital coitus, just head over to manscaped.com and enter the code HMT at checkout to save 20% off your whole order and get free shipping. If you are listening to these commercials, you should know that you don't have to. You can go to Patreon. It's the best way to support our boys. So head over to patriot.com slash horrormovietalk and pick a tier that works for your budget. Our boys are stubborn and won't stop this podcast, even if it means their families go hungry. So please help them. <laughs> Horror Movie Talk Shop. Buy stuff from horrormovietalk.com slash shop. Check out our resident artist, Dustin Gobel. A professional artist who, according to this, is expert at at intimate relations. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. Contact him at dgobel00, Insta, and make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him HMT sent you. Can you spell out that um, at dgobel00? Okay, at dgobel one. Okay. A at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. Thanks again for listening, and let's get into the spoilers. All right, well, the thing that I loved first about the movie was that it brought back the day and age of the 50s and the 60s, yeah. the early 60s. We, I mean, those costumes were right on the mark. 
women didn't wear pants very much. They did wear dresses all the time. And if you were going downtown, you had to get dressed up. You went and took a shower in the middle of the day to go downtown and do your hair. And and just girdles and pantyhose and pencil skirts and all of that was everyday things. I remember wearing that to school. Yeah. You know, dresses like that. The only thing was the little girl, her costume wasn't really true. I didn't think because we didn't have the penalin under that made the Well, that was from the early 50s when the the stage play was going. You know, the stage play was on in, what, 53 or 4? And she was she was little when she started that, and she done. Patty McCormick had done the stage play with, um, what's her name? The mom, Ke- uh, Kelly. Okay. And they they brought it from the play, and then they made a movie out of it. And it was several years later, and they were worried about her not looking young enough, so they really overdid the yeah the costuming to make her seem younger. <clears throat> The other thing that I noticed, and it's it's one of the things that I, you know, was looking for, I guess, is because I I started a few years ago watching the old James Bond movies, you know, the very first, and the very first ones, you know, you could see the where the painted scenery was mm-hmm. and where they rolled it, and <laughs> when they rocked the car to make it look like they were really driving and. And so, you know, I was looking at the scenery in the back and you could see where in the forefront it was the trees and then it got a little, and and then you had the painting scenery way. And that, you know, those kind of things are, I think, wow, the movie industry has really gone a long way in making things so that they're uh, more real and and subtle. Mm Mm-hmm. And I and I guess that's why, even though it was a stage play, the overacting was a little. I'm I'm used to, you know, this the look. Right, but but that's true. But a lot of times, my husband and I watch um, Turner Classic movies a lot, and it is real interesting to see how things were done back then. And I think it's it's it doesn't just detract it for me. Um, but I can often tell when things were a stage play and then moved to, to film. Uh-huh. But I, I don't, I don't mind that. I think it's interesting. And the, to me, the, um, all this, this hashing out with Rhoda goes to the picnic and then the little boy is killed. And then the teacher comes over and talks to the mom, Mrs. Fern. And she's, she's like saying, you know, Rhoda's kind of a different kind of kid and but i'm not saying anything i'm not saying she did anything bad and and the mother's going well what are you saying but uh mrs fern won't won't commit to it um yeah that that didn't sound i mean it was very back and forth with mrs fern yeah mrs fern i mean she's one minute saying what a perfect child she is and Mm -hmm. what perfect manners and and everything and then the next minute she's saying she's not welcome back in the school and i thought well what exactly are you talking about but she does say she has no sense of fair play she doesn't you know she can't empathize with the other kids she has no sense of fair play 
And she's been looking, I think she's just been looking for an excuse to get rid of Rhoda. <laughs> Too good a child. Get let's get rid of her. Let's I get it, the bad seeds. It's kind of funny that they that they take the dad and send him off to Washington D.C. in the first scene, and then so he's not there to help out. But I guess that's to make the mom have to deal with all her past and everything, and and wonder and worry and build up the the suspense. Yeah that that was kind of a a bomb <laughs> that was dropped, you know. Um, Oh dear, I might be adopted, and what bad things are in me that I could have passed on this child? Yeah, and frankly, having two adopted children, I didn't <laughs> really like that scene very well. No, but it was. I think back back in the forties and fifties, and all the um, child psychologists were wondering this kind of thing. They were, and, oh, who is that guy? I can't remember. I should have looked it up. Um, and he put the little kids in little crib cages to to, to, to really control them. them. Yeah, to study them. And they were doing that kind of thing. And I think that it was what they were thinking about back in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. And I think that's where this all came from. I, I think so, because 40s and 50s, it wasn't. Adoption wasn't really kind of an accepted thing. It right, was, and you couldn't know who the adoptive mother was. You couldn't know yeah. anything. It was just buried. Yeah. I'm so interested, Tommy. I'm sorry. How did it make you... How, how did it... Uh... Oh, is this my mic? Um, how did you relate to the, uh, to the portion uh, about adoption? Like, how did it make you feel? Well, it, it made me feel like... You know, they they talked a lot about, you know, or insinuated that because she was adopted, you know, maybe she had this evil portion to her. And I, you know, I watched all three of my kids. Every single one of them had three different sets of parents. And it was interesting for me as they were growing up to, to hear some of the comments about how... Yeah, they all looked alike. They all, because they had the same mannerisms, they copied the mannerisms of their dad and, and you know, vocal things. And yet there's other things that I see that I think are genetic because they're so very different that I never saw anything that I could think that would be bad well but that was that was because they were talking about do you think that a child could just be born bad and um and the guy said well yeah and there was this there's been other child killers and then they talked about that said and it was a one in a million chance. one in a million but but it turned out that rhoda's biological mother had been one of these child killers no, christine uh yeah christine's Rhoda's mom. Rhoda's mom. Yeah. Had her her biological mom who, who she whom she did not remember. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they they mentioned it wasn't just the fact that she was adopted that it was right. made the evil gene. It was the fact that she was adopted from a sociopath. Right. And the 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 man had been working with the police and he, here was this 
lovely little child and he felt so bad and he wanted a child and he took her in and everything was fine. That was Christine. So mom, a, a more important question is, is um, like how true to life is this, um, you know, in your experience raising Brandy? Cause she's a bad seed. <laughs> she's not a bad seed. Well, I think the, the thing that, well, the mother was the one that was adopted mm -hmm. and she had her own child. So she would know her, you know, it was like, it, it's not like sometimes when you adopt a child and they like Brandy was totally different from me personality wise and she was she failed everything with higher and higher emotions and deeper she'd go deeper in her emotions than I ever did and and I had to learn from that I had to learn how to read her but you know as the mom looking at her own child that she's you know she should understand some of those things and i and i also think if this is so rare one in a million cases then if the grandmother was the so sociopath then that one in a million wouldn't show up in the second generation yep, that might. that it might genetically it might but but to get away from all that Rhoda um, she was friends with the landlady the landlady just thought Rhoda was just it and the landlady was kind of a busybody and she was given her presents and Rhoda really liked getting presents. Yeah. And she, she would, and she had a treasure box and she hoarded the presents when the Daigle boy was killed and, um, the mother, the, the, oh, right. The, then, uh, Eileen Heckert came over all drunk, um, Mrs. Daigle and begged Rhoda to tell her what any last thing that she knew about Claude Daigle before he was gone and Rhoda was like yeah I don't really want to talk to you this close and then they rescued her from him and the uh the mother uh Christine Penmark did find the the, the medal, medal the penmanship medal in in uh Rhoda's jewelry box because she had to go in and get this thing for the busybody neighbor I was trying to think what age, what age was Rhoda? Do you think? She was supposed to be eight when they made the movie. She, the little girl was 10. Patty McCormick was about 10. But I thought it, it didn't really matter because she could just turn that evil on and off so well. I was uh, impressed with the, the acting she did. She And she'd get angry and just shout about how... I, it's not my problem. He made me, he wouldn't give me the medal. So what was I supposed to do? You know, and, and why, why can't I just have the medal? It's not going to do him any good. He's dead. <laughs> it's mine. It's, it should have been mine. I, and, uh, well, and then there's the question of Leroy, Leroy, the, 
the oh. caretaker. <laughs> he yeah, just that... wanted. He said, "I know about you, little girl. I, you you think you're so smart. Well, I'm smart too, and they think I'm not, but I am." <laughs> so it makes me wonder. You know, sometimes you can be so so close that you can't see. And and maybe that's what was going through the the mom. You know, she just loved her daughter so much. She, she was denying it. Yeah, she, I think she knew, but she was denying it. But you know, there there were certain indications. I mean, <laughs> or maybe it was more like <clears throat> the light was getting brighter. The, the you know, at first she's like nah, and then the light came on a little brighter and a little brighter. She's going, wow, can this really be true? Can and then when she she talked to her father. When he came for a visit and uh, pressed him to find out if, if she'd been adopted so that she could know better. Because she kind of had a glimmer of, an, of a memory. Right. Had a glimmer of a memory about being scared of her mother. Yeah, and that whole... Uh, yeah, that was baloney. Um, what, psychoanalysis by the... I wouldn't have listened to her. Would you have listened to her? <laughs> I mean, that, let's change this subject. But, you know, the other thing I thought was Leroy, of course, they did say he he had some kind of mental problem. And so maybe that's why he just couldn't hold back on uh, on how he acted to the little girl. I mean, he was he yeah. was just kind of a rude, um, accusatory person, you know. Well, and I thought, he, man, if you really felt that way about the little kid, you'd watch her, but you wouldn't tell her tell her what you found. No, right? He was he was on the slow side, <laughs> but, but smart. Enough, he was right. Yeah, strangely, yeah, he had an inkling. He had he had an idea, but he he was kind of. But you ha- you had to have these people to make the story. In general, if you know that someone's a sociopath, it's probably not a great idea to tell them them that you know that they're a sociopath, but not tell anyone else. (laughs) Poke them up about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, why didn't he mention something to the police or the mother or... He probably didn't want any attention on himself because he was kind of sketchy. Yeah, I kind of thought if he had been around my kid, I would have thought maybe he would have been a predator. Of some yeah, kind. he seemed kind of odd, and um, I watched this one with David, and David like David liked the part about the stick bloodhounds. <laughs> Leroy, Leroy, he wanted to scare Rhoda, and so he said, "Oh, I know you beat that little boy with a stick, and then there'll be blood on the stick, and the police have bloodhounds, and there's stick bloodhounds. They can find it. They'll put some powder on it. It'll glow in the dark." And she said, that's ridiculous, because she knew she didn't beat the little boy with a stick. So she thought she was on the clear on that one. But in the 50s, did they have that chemical dye that would show? I I, I don't know, but I expect they must. It was a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) They got the inspiration inspiration for making that chemical from this... (laughs) From this movie. Well, that's not that's not necessarily true. You don't. They know get, that they sure. made stick bloodhounds out of it. <laughs> you know the other thing that was really brought back a memory to me is I can't remember why she went roller skating, 
Oh. Oh, yeah, I, yeah we roller skated all the time. And, and remember yeah, the, the, neighborhood. the key? We used to have those <laughs> <Yeah>. keys. <laughs> and then, and then it, you'd pinch it on your foot, and sometimes it really hurt, but you had to pinch it on so tight so the skate wouldn't flap off while you were coming down the hill. <laughs> and and if if you lost your key, I mean, you couldn't use your roller skates yeah. anymore unless a neighbor had a key. Yeah. And I remember borrowing neighbors' yeah, keys a me lot. Too. That was that was a fun memory. Yeah. Yeah. So, what about the picnic? Oh, the dad. You know, I love the dad. The minute I saw him, I thought Perry Mason yeah. sidekick. <laughs> Paul Drake from Perry Paul Mason. Drake. Yep. Yeah. I loved Paul Drake. Why? What? Why? 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 Because he was tall and handsome and blonde, and that smooth. was my dream he was guy. He was smooth. He never said. He was just matter of fact and said the facts. And yeah, but he always got his guy. You know, he always found the information on Perry Mason that Perry Mason needed. So, back to the movie. Okay, let's see. What did we talk about? Um, oh, after after Christine, and I thought it was funny that her, their name was Penmark, and it was a penmanship medal, like Penmarks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I also liked, like you're talking about the um, the clothing. She had a monogram top, and it had CP for Christine Penmark, like Laverne on Laverne uh-huh. and Shirley. Uh, I thought that was good. Um and also, did you notice on that one, um, one scene where she walked in and she had the brooch, the real shiny brooch on her pocket? No, I didn't notice it. Oh, for it next that, time was, it. that was so fun. I <laughs> thought, oh, I'll have to do that next time. <laughs> so after she gets, after Rhoda tells her mom about how she, it, she beat Claude back into the water, um, they said, why did she? Why did he have those little marks on his hands? Because he was trying to get out of the water, and she's beating his hands. <laughs> to, <laughs> she first she beat him on the head, fell in the water. He tries to get out, and she beats him on his hands, so he's in the water for good. Um, and she begs her mom, "Please, mom, don't let them hurt me." And I, I was thinking, why doesn't Rhoda really turn on her mom? And we were talking about it. And we thought, well, because that's her main source of trust. She trusts in her mom. That's the one person she feels like she can trust in because everybody else, she's willing to just do them in. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of wondered if her mom really started to come down on her discipline wise, would she, would she turn on her mom? But she didn't do anything obviously bad. She didn't really do, she was, everybody said, oh, she just acts so perfect. And she's always dressed so perfectly. She said, I don't like to wear jeans. I just really like to be pretty. You know, she just liked to be. A, For, yeah. a feminine little thing and that everybody that fooled everybody. Hey, what did you think about um when they first came and said that the little boy had died and she was so worried about she didn't they didn't know which kid it was because on the radio yeah. thing they go, A child has died at the picnic and then they're all going, Oh my gosh, what if it's Rhoda? And then and then she finds out it's not Rhoda, and she's worried about how Rhoda is going to be affected. Right. And and how did you feel about the way she? 
I mean, solicitous, if it had... how solicitous she was about, gee, Rhoda, are you okay about this poor little boy? And Rose going, well, yeah, he's dead now. Did you see him? Did you see when they pulled him out? Yeah, he was lying there and they tried, but it didn't help. Now he's gone. And I, and can I have a peanut butter sandwich now? It's like, and, <laughs> and then she didn't eat it. <laughs> oh, she went out to skate. And eat yeah. It. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think I would have, as in today's day and age, I, I would have just said, how are you feeling? Or right. let her, but obviously she wasn't feeling anything. Right. But then to jump so far, here she is, this loving, protective, overly concerned mother. And to jump so far to give her a half a bottle of sleeping pills to knock her off that. But she, she said she would never let them hurt her. Well, so, so I'll anybody, hurt you. But in the meat, yeah. She, well, that's, that's, a, but I've seen different things like that. I mean, in the movies where, in fact, there was one where the Nazis were going to take their, her little child because she had epilepsy. It was in uh, uh, World on Fire last season mm-hmm. on, on Masterpiece Theater. And, and she, they, the woman, finally, they were going to come for her daughter and she, she, Poisoned her daughter and shot herself. Same like, same kind of thing. Or poisoned her them both before the Nazis could get them. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, I will protect you one way or another. Yeah, I, I still can't imagine doing that. But I guess I never was driven to that edge by any of my kids. Although they tried, they did their best. <laughs> to drive me to that edge but and after after she after she begs her mom not to hurt her then then the mom's going hmm that lady in wichita before we moved here you know she said yeah we were up the stairs and um she she had told me that she would give me something and so and it was kind of icy and she fell down the stairs her mom says did she fall down the stairs well i kind of bumped her Oh, did you? She says, well, I kind of pushed her. And she, and she fell down two flights of stairs and died. So that was the, the second one the mom knew about. And then Leroy tells her, then they, then Leroy and Rhoda talk again. And he says, yeah, boy, they're going to find out about you and put you in the electric chair. And she says, oh, well, they don't put kids in the electric chair. Says, oh, yes, they have little ones. They have a little blue ones for little boys, little pink ones for little girls. Oh, you got the accent down too. <laughs> I wondered where where he came from. <laughs> I, I I always remember Henry Jones running out on fire. That's what I remember from this movie. It was shocking to me as a like a twelve year old when I saw it on TV. Yeah. I thought, oh my gosh! He kept that bed. He kept that bed of Excelsior <laughs> back behind the furnace. For the listeners, can you explain Excelsior? Shaved. It's like oh. Is shaved packing material made out of wood, like when, when the guy took his leg lamp, when Gavin McLeod took his leg lamp out of the big box at Christmas time and the Christmas story, all that shredded wood uh, for packing material instead of uh, plastic. It's just basically tinder. Yeah, yeah. And he packed up a, a bed downstairs and would take his naps in it, sneak naps in it. Hey, did you wonder, you know, when they had the scene at the hospital i mean here she was supposed to have shot herself with her husband's gun and and 
and then they had just her yeah, face wrapped. <laughs> and I thought, where exactly did the bullet go? She probably you know? went like this. You know, she probably because held it up to her head. Because if it wasn't gonna, if it wasn't gonna shoot her brains out and kill her instantly, she couldn't have done this. So I think she would have done. She would have had it under her neck. And she would have oh, done a lot of damage. She was no expert at much of anything, this woman. So, <laughs> so I'm saying... She, I'm not surprised where? she muffed this. this <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. This is actually this is actually a thing uh, that's kind of real, real to, uh, you know, real life. Uh, uh, apparently, I think the statistics go a little something like women are more likely to attempt suicide, uh, but men are much more likely to succeed. And I think a lot of that has to do with the uh, the urge at the last second to jerk away, like uh, to and they and they'll botch it. You don't want to botch that, but I think that's probably this is probably what happened here. Sorry. Yeah, sure. that's what I, I think. I think that's the real moral to the story in this movie is that if you're going to commit murder suicide, do it right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, but none of this half-ass stuff. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> but, but she didn't ruin her face, you know. There's got to be someplace in there, you know. Part of her face should have been blown but that, off. That's your willing suspension of disbelief for a story. Come on now, I have to just go with it a little bit. There, because you can always, you can always pick apart. Well, I guess that's what we're doing is picking apart every every speck of possible mistakes but um sometimes it's just interesting to think about the ideas of the story too uh, but i but and anyway they have to they ha they didn't still didn't know if christine was gonna live at the end and and um aunt monica says well if the worst comes to worse and you and says to the dad if your worst comes to worse and you lose your wife you still have rhoda and here comes rhoda tromping in it's like and because and then she asks about Gee, how how long do those little lovebirds live? Because Aunt Monica said she's going to give me her little bird when she died, and the dad goes, "Oh, I don't know. Do they live as long as people? Oh no, they don't live as long as people." Hmm. And then <laughs> Monica and then, Aunt Monica's in for And it. then when she goes to get her raincoat and her hat on, I thought she was going to go upstairs on the roof because they were going to have a do something on the roof. Oh, but that was a. Where Aunt Monica's made a place for us. I'm going to have a sun bath yeah. up on the roof. And no one can see it. No, no one can see and it. I thought, oh, she's going to push Monica yeah. off or something. And I thought she was going upstairs to plot her dirty deed. But she, her mom had said, she said, well, now can I have the penmanship medal back, Mom? Because, you know, Claude's dead. It won't do him any good. And she said, no, I, I went down to the pier and I threw it back in the water just in memory of Claude. And then, so she filed that one away. And then all, all the, the, this murder suicide thing happened. Oh, but we forgot to talk about Leroy and, and how he found that he's, he was teasing her that he found the shoes. She put, her mother said, put those shoes down the, down the incinerator and burn them up. And so she, she goes, okay, mother, I'll do that. And Leroy says, well, I found those shoes. The little boy had those marks on his head. And and she and then that really that really got her interested. Did you ever have an incinerator? No, but I didn't. We lived in California. We never I, had that old of a house. 
we didn't have one in the house, but I remember my parents had this big metal thing in our backyard. We would go and put all the stuff oh, in, and we burn would barrel, burn it. A big old burn barrel. And we would burn all the paper, all the trash, everything back there. And that's where I made my mud pies. <laughs> I would cook them in the incinerator. Oh. Well, and then they were hardened into clay. Yeah, and then I ate them. So, oh, gee. Yeah, you know. She was 23 at the time. (laughs) That's why I became such a good cook. But but that's how Leroy got burnt up because he, he... he said, uh, I know where the shoes are. I have them and I've hidden them. And you're never going to find them. And so she thought, well, he has to go. And and all the neighbors heard him and saw him running around on fire. And they didn't show it because uh, it was a stage play. And you didn't have to show it. Could, it it's in my memory as if I saw it, it as a child. As a child, I, it's like, oh, my gosh, he was burning up, which was kind of a fear when you're a kid. That's where Hitchcock was such a master. You know, that scene in Psycho and the, you never see anything really, but mm-hmm. it's all, it, all that it horse. It sticks in your mind as if you did. But, and that's, as a master, that's where he made it so this really could happen. Where I kept thinking, how could she, how could she set that bed on fire and get out of there without Leroy really- knowing? She was really evil, and Leroy was kind of dumb. <laughs> he, he had to be dead asleep, is all I'm yeah, saying, well. in the middle of the day. So, were you surprised by the ending? Um, when I was a kid, I was surprised by the ending. Since I'd seen it a long time ago, I knew, I kind of knew what happened. But it was it was poetic justice, and that was um. That was the the movie standards. What was it called? Let me look. The Motion Picture Production Code. See, in the in the stage play, really, the mother succeeded in killing herself, and Rhoda lived. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh. No, no. R- yes, oh. Rhoda lived, and Christine killed herself. I believe. Right, but in in the in the Motion Picture Production Code of the day. Crime couldn't pay, so the person who'd done all these bad things had to get get her comeuppance. So that's why they switched it to the, to Rhoda getting zapped at the end. And somebody said, "Oh yeah, just like Leroy said, electrocuted." He said that. He said, "Oh, oh yes, the little but electric it was chair." And then she get, it goes down to the pier, and she's fishing around, and she doesn't care about the. I was. I said, if if I were like ten years old, I would have really been freaked out to put on all my clothes and go out in the middle of the night in a blinding rainstorm with thunder and lightning. I would have never done that. But she didn't care. She was like, "I'm going to get that penmanship medal." Yeah, but I would have done it in the middle of the day instead of. Yeah, they'd see you. They all had her. They all had her number by then. Not her dad. <laughs> her mom was in the hospital. Oh, Everybody else. Yeah, but was... there was a public park. And I don't think Monica had her number yet. No, dumb Monica. She was ready to take her up and have a sunbath on the roof. She was so (laughs) smart about everything else, but she didn't see past her nose on that one. 
Which? Well, very good. Very good. Well, um, ladies, would you uh, would you like to recommend this to anybody in particular? I recommend it to people who like old movies and and like to see what they how they did it back then, how they put the movies on, and how they and the the psychological stuff they were thinking about back then, and how different it is from today. And and just in, enjoy it for the old. Yeah, movie some it is. of the some of the. TV standards or movie standards then were were really strict. I mean, you weren't supposed to do anything in the movies that would destroy the family unit. And so no swearing, no, you know, visual effects. If you were going to shoot somebody. No one could be pregnant. (laughs) Out of Oh, Oh, that's right. And you slept in separate beds. I mean, did you notice the yeah. twin beds? Because even was though that you in this movie, yeah. Oh, I didn't had, notice that. I, I that was the first thing I noticed is when he came home and she was in the hospital. He went to sit down on the bed. There's two beds with a dresser or a, a nightstand yeah. in between. And I one time in my whole life I saw someone's house where they had where the married. Couple. Heads of married heads of the household had twin beds one time, and I had I it was the seventies. I was out of college. Boy, what geeks! It was different. I I never once, not anywhere all the way along in all my childhood, did I ever see people have twin beds except this one time. Yeah, I I don't think I ever did, and that was you know when was the New Heart show? The seventies. That was a big change in the TV uh, and movie industry because they had a double bed. And they would end the show in the bed talking. Bob and Emily. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I would just like to say uh, to anybody listening, uh, you should, should, if if you don't have a subscription to our Patreon, you should head over there because, boy, the, the conversation... Does not end after this. Uh, after this episode, we're going to continue on and have some good stories, um, Mother's Day like stories on our Patreon for this afterpod. But um, I think I th- I think that ends our review of the movie, and we can move on to um, well, which should we do first? Do you suppose? Do the do the stories. Okay. If there's so we will to- to go move on to telling stories about Bryce and David. <laughs> Go. <laughs> oh, do you have any? Do you have any stories you want to share about well, us and maybe get back at us for being horrible little shit? No, <laughs> no. I would. I wanted to say, I am so surprised that David likes horror movies, because when he was a little boy, he couldn't handle it at all. The one that really that I remember was Skeletor, He-Man of the Universe, Skeletor. It was a cartoon. Everybody probably remembers that. And there was a skeleton as the bad man, Mm -hmm. as the bad guy. And David just couldn't handle that at all. And he thought about Skeletor all the time at night. And he slept with the light on for like a year and a half. (laughs) And, (laughs) And I said, well, then don't watch that kind of stuff. 
and he goes, yeah, I won't. But I couldn't stay but away. Couldn't I, stay I really away. couldn't. I it was it, so he's still working it out. <laughs> still working it out. <laughs> so when horror movie talk ends, you'll know David has worked it out. <laughs> My Skeletor complex. <laughs> well, your yeah, your fear of gross and scary things. Do you want to share anything embarrassing about Bryce, Tommy? Oh, Bryce was such a lovely little. <laughs> no, I. Now I I'm get why he is this way. I. Oh, I'm so great. Oh. <laughs> My mom said so. No. I I'm surprised he's into horror movies too because. I'm not surprised he's into movies because he was always into this. But I do have a story that it has nothing to do with movies. Great. Or That's anything. fine. But he was, you know how you have the rule, you have to eat two bites? <laughs> or a variation of that rule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always tried to fix the meals. We would all sit down around the table. And when my kids come home together, they end up telling this story all the time and then laughing but i was introducing beets oh. <laughs> to my kids okay and bryce would not eat his beets he ate whatever else was and i said bryce you have to have two bites and then you're done two bites so he picks up his two bites and he puts it in his mouth and he's chewing. <laughs> and the next thing I know, his whole dinner oh, is coming out. <laughs> and I thought, huh, maybe I won't do two bites with this child anymore. I've got a couple throw-up stories. That's like my lane almost. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I threw up when Brooke... Uh, Spit a loogie on my arm once. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait. Wait. Give me the. Give me the bike. You you threw up when your brother spit on your arm. It was a real thick loogie. <laughs> it was gross. That's the wiener. That's the wieneriest thing I've ever heard. I like spit in my brother's mouth. <laughs> that kid never threw up. What a trooper. <laughs> And it was like daily. <laughs> yeah, David once told told his brother that this this white stuff in a bowl was whipped cream and he should eat some. And it was Crisco. <laughs> <laughs> you got Garrett any... was like, huh, this is actually pretty good. It's all right. No, he was unhappy. You got tell, any... Mom, tell the the Guatemala story. This is the, the oh. trifecta of Bryce throw up stories. Yeah. I mean, there were so many. This is. This is something, but we ended up going to Guatemala uh, on a spring break vacation, and it was the last place we could find to go that we could get accommodations. And the kids were not happy. They were just <laughs> not happy that though we were going there and not someplace with a lovely beach. And so there's two things in that trip that really stand out. What spoiled little brats? <laughs> yeah. Well, taking them on a nice trip to Guatemala and they're like, the <laughs> beach? Where's the beach? Well, Guatemala, they didn't even know where it was. <laughs> but we get into the city. We fly in 
and we're going to our hotel and the kids are starving and they've seen all the American, you know, Kentucky fried taco time, McDonald's, Burger King, all the way to our hotel. And they're begging their dad to stop, get something to eat. And their dad is one of these guys that wants his kids to get right out in the middle and experience the culture. Now, we've heard since then that we shouldn't have done this, but we take him. They sold us to some <laughs> slavery. They, we, we take him out to this, the center court, which is always by um, a church. And so there's this great big center plaza plaza and we're walking out there and there's a guy selling tacos so we go up and the dad orders tacos for each one of the kids and i think it was brooke took the first bite of his taco i think it was paul actually our cousin paul no we passed it down to paul oh okay and no well, it doesn't what matter. What happened? What happened? <laughs> so anyway, they couldn't determine what kind of meat they were chewing. <laughs> and, and Paul takes the taco and says, passes it on to one of the kids and says, here, ta eat, taste this. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> and now none of the kids will eat it. So they pass it down. There's this little kid that was following us. He's. A little older than Bryce was, I think, but younger than Brooke. And he takes the taco, but the kids pass it down and say, here, do you want this? And he takes it and he eats it. And is this, my, some, is this a, a, a someone you know? No. It's just, it's some, little just some kid that was following us. And my kids, I mean, they were totally shocked that this kid would eat something that somebody had already had a bite out of. Mm -hmm. They They never would have done that. Then, so this was the first cultural thing, I think, that stuck in my mind, in my kids' minds. Because the next morning, I saw that little kid sleeping in a doorway and realized that he didn't have a home. And I, did you notice that, Bryce? No. Can you remember that? No. Did Bryce throw up on this child? What's happening? <laughs> okay, so now... We're just getting real bummer stories now. <laughs> now now we're going. And and Guatemala is, is a place with a lot of hills, up and down and twists and turns, and the roads aren't big. And, and I was notoriously car sick. Like, I'd get car sick on the freeway oh. in, in the U.S., and this was like like cobblestone roads. And it Raised was a real wiener, Tommy. And he ate a pretty decent breakfast. We all had a pretty decent breakfast. Oh, we we're no. going up this. And all of a sudden, Bryce says, Dad, I'm going to throw up. And Brooke says, he's going to hurl, Dad. Hurry, pull over. So we we pull over. We're at the top of the hill, very top of the hill. And there's this little house over on the side and Bryce just runs out of the car 
throws up all over the house and <laughs> throws up all over the ground you know and it's and we're back there watching him and he's what he's walking back and all of a sudden we are just laughing like and he thinks we're laughing at him and so he kind of starts to cry <laughs> but what we see in the background is the chickens oh. and the dogs running over to his oh. pile. <laughs> and they're just scooping up his breakfast. Waste not, want not. <laughs> That's what I always say. When one girl throws up, I order the other girl, go eat your sister's throw up, I say. That's what I say. So do you have any good stories of David and Garrett fighting? Oh, they're pretty harrowing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Look at her. She looks like she's flashing back. <laughs> yeah, I kind of am. I, was was David not... a bad seed? No, mm. no, he had a very good heart. It was the other stuff that kind of. It was the outward actions that kind of went. <laughs> They say actions speak louder than words, and I'm bound to uh, prove them wrong. Um, yeah, so do you have any other stories you want to share with me, or should we move on to calls? Are you yeah, saddened move on, by, move on to calls. by memories? Saddened by memories. All right, Why so... Is, um, <laughs> is this live? No. Yes, it's going... Say hi to the people, Mom. <laughs> So, uh, with that, we have some calls. Bryce, do you have the calls pulled I up? I do. Um, so, we have some calls from our callers. These are just normal calls. Yeah, we, we answer voicemails all the time. This this is uh, pretty representative of what we, uh, what we get, I'm sure. Yeah. So, let's see what we got. And you guys can respond to these as you see fit. Hey, guys. My name is Helen. I'm just calling because my son recently started listening to your podcast and he was like mom 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 you gotta listen to this podcast these guys are hilarious so i listened to it and you guys are great and you know i i listened to the annabelle episode because annabelle i mean you know i'm not really into horror movies but it's got the catholic church in it and i was like i am all for this movie the catholic church prevails over everything and i am a god-giving woman and I know that the Catholic Church was going to get rid of that Annabelle. So I watched that movie, and then I listened to your podcast, and you guys are amazing. You guys are hilarious. But, you know, there's just one thing I gotta, I really got to nitpick about. I mean, do you guys really have to burp and fart so much? I mean, I just there was just random noises, and is that what young kids find funny these days? I just, I, I don't get it. I don't see the appeal. Um, maybe just do a little bit less of that. And, you know, I mean, there was also a lot of swearing and I, I just, I, you know, you're watching a movie about the Catholic church, please just show a little respect. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my only thing. And, uh, yeah, just, just keep the swearing to a minimum, please. For, for my son's sake, I really don't like him listening to all that profanity. So bye. Thanks for your call. Helen, next caller. What? <laughs> What's up, Mom? Well, I I kind of relate to Helen. But on the other hand, this show is definitely not about respecting anything. 
And how do you mean? <laughs> not about it's not it's not going to be respectful of somebody's mom's sensibilities, and it's not going to be very respectful of the Catholic Church. And lots of it is hilarious because of that. And and twelve year olds love bodily function noises. That's and that's our cool. target market. And forty year olds. And yeah. for <laughs> guys, men, yeah. Guys like that. Do we burp and fart? You are a con you're a machine made to burp I don't, and fart. I'm not sure that that's true. I'm the machine made to fart, and you're the machine made to burp. Okay, next caller. Hey babies, it's Jackal. Um just calling in to say how proud I am of you guys creating such a community of uh, just great people that can't be stressed enough and how like wholesome you guys are to listen to. Um, on another note, though, um, as I've suggested before, I think it'd be a great idea to do a contemplative critical review of Gone with the Wind and how that would be a more like family-centered view of your podcast. I think you guys would go far from that. Um, as always, proud of you, and uh, I'll talk to you next time. Gone with Wind is my favorite. That's yeah. your favorite movie? Oh, I can't I stand used, that one. I used to watch that every time it came out, and I read the book at least once a year. Wow, you wow. guys, you You're guys devoted. are like a real odd couple here. I don't... This I is like, perfect. I you would, not you should do a podcast. Gone with the Wind at all. It was really long, and Scarlett made me so irritated. <laughs> well, she, well, she was kind of like uh, uh, Rhoda. Very no. full of herself. No, she was full of herself, but she didn't kill people. Well, she didn't kill people, but she, she certainly she ruined really a lot of lives because what she... Was just what a slave she owner, right? She wanted what she wanted. Well, it was her sister's. She married her sister's fiance because all of a sudden he was rich. Mm. And she wanted that money. You guys, you guys are so different in your opinion. Well, see, I haven't read the book. I've just seen the movie, which irritated me. And I may have things wrong because I don't. But you should do a podcast review show. Mm. Your own. Mm. Well, it's. I mean, I'd have to watch Gone with the Wind again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh dear, we have a new call. Sorry. We're not going to answer that. Okay, should we go, move on to the next call? So Tommy likes the idea of doing. Maybe we could uh, do Gone with the Wind. It's kind of going to be somehow as we could a, it into a horror. Yeah, horror. Well, the horror. The horrors of war. The horror. The horror the, of all those the guys laid out there in Atlanta. Oh, that was that was shocking. But you know what I learned from that? If you pee on your hands, that sterilizes them so that you can continue working. That that was something in the movie. People come to horror movie talk to learn about horror movies, but what they don't realize is they get real hard-hitting true facts, medical information, medical info. Next and, caller. So oh, if you're oh. out and about on town and you want to, you know, keep yourself safe from COVID, pee on your hands. <laughs> this. Hi guys, this is Shania from Dandish, Maine, and I just wanted to let you guys know that you guys are the most sincere, sweet podcast podcasters that I listen to like every single day. Um, I just really wish you would cover something more 
um, less provocative. Um, and that's it. Thank you for calling in, Shania. She want, doesn't want us to be so provocative. What do you think about it? But she said we're nice and kind and good people. No, yeah, so are the, movies, are the movies provocative or are you provocative? I think she was talking about the, the movies. I don't know. I, I would like to believe. Provo provoking what? Oh, ire. <laughs> Isn't that what you want to do at all all times? I am offended. See, I mean, what you'll learn from these calls and what we learn in the in the past from the calls from listeners is that they really like us and our wholesome attitudes and like the the good conversation. But I kind of we, we kind of got in the lane of horror movies and. Uh, you know, they think that maybe we should move on or expand. Branch out. Yeah. We got a ton of these calls. Yeah. We gotta go through Hi, these. Hi, Dad. Hey, Dad. Hi, Dad. Ah, oh, there's no doubt. It's a message. Um. Leave a message. Yeah. That's, we'll move on. I think that's Wrong Aaron number. trying to get the kids to leave a message and it's not working out. Oh, oh here's, a, here's a big one. Here we go. Hello, Mrs. Day and Mrs. Hansen. This is Alan, another listener of Horror Movie Talk. I'm, I'm pretty sure that these messages are probably repetitive, but I just wanted to let you know that I hope you guys have a great Mother's Day. Uh, you're, uh, David and Bryce are the greatest, and I really enjoy them. They're the only podcast that I listen to other than the Joe Rogan experience, but they're fantastic, and they, they, uh, they make my day a little bit brighter, and I think you raise some good old boys. Well, yeah, good, good old, good old men. Anyway, I'm about to be microchipped by Bill Gates in the CVS, but like I said, happy Mother's Day, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Goodbye. He's about to be micro... Thank you, Alan. He's about to be microchipped by Bill Gates in the CVS. Uh, that really took a turn at the end there. Makes you question whether or not you can really trust anything that he said. <laughs> Okay, so this is from a, a uh, Thanks, very regular caller. Um, he's the one that did our outro music. Yeah, you'll hear his uh, his song. And he actually, you know, uh, bringing up uh, Bugsy, he just released a new single called Aesthetic. You guys should check him out on Instagram. He's Bugsy Siegel on Instagram. Check him out. Mm -hmm. Hi, this is Brian Weston, a longtime listener. I just wanted to call in and say how how great people you are. I really find it a redeeming factor every time I listen to you guys speak. I mean, it's just such a blessing, a grace from God to be able to find a podcast that finally gets me, to find a pair of people that I consider my best friends, closer than my closest family. I feel like I've known you since the day I was born. But I just want to know, can you please, like, talk about something other than horror movies all the time? I mean, it's such a degrading genre. It's rated R nonsense. It projects violence onto our youth and into our society as a whole. 
And I feel like if you would just, you know, talk about anything else, I would listen to a, a sports talk broadcast possibly, or I don't know, maybe you guys, you know, could talk about religion or, you know, even politics, anything other than this garbage horror. I mean, I, I feel like your parents would probably be prouder of you if you didn't, you know, review things that were so vulgar and just so explicit, um, you know, because you guys are a beautiful shining bright stars and you know the galaxy i feel revolves around you guys for being genuine authentic positive people and i just feel like you could do a lot better than horror horror is beneath you you could be you know the professor of dues and not the no-nos you know you could be a Fugology, but it's something that is a little bit more positive, positivity. Um, I just wanted to call and leave you guys this message, let you know that I love you guys. You're amazing. I hear amazing grace. Much love to Dave. Much love to Bryce. You know, everybody over there at blank, 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 movie talk. Love you guys. It's your boy, Bubsy, calling from Tampa, Florida. He's, Tampa any, he's anything but brief. Yeah. He's very, he likes words. He's a rapper. So, you know, they that's how they do. How uh, are these making you guys feel? I'm not getting a lot of react, like vocal reactions from you here. Well, I on that particular call, going from horror movies to politics and religion, well, the two think? things you're not supposed to talk yeah, about right. at the dinner table, <laughs> I, I definitely, now. Yeah, that's kind of rude, Brian. Yeah. I would say, go to a chick flick. <laughs> you want us to? Man, you want to romantic see comedies? Real horrible eviscerations. <laughs> <laughs> we will destroy a chick flick. Ugh. Okay, speaking of theme music, this is Max. He did our intro music, and he left a voicemail that had the burps in it. Hi, Bryce and David. This is Max from Idaho. I just wanted to call and thank you guys for always putting on such a pleasant show. When I'm in a bad mood, I put on your podcast, and you guys always cheer me up. And I really appreciate how family-friendly family, family it is. I love listening on a Sunday afternoon. You guys are kind, noble, and most importantly, handsome. You are good role models for a young man such as myself. But I just have one question. Why do you always have to review horror movies? Can't you review some Disney films sometime? Anyways, I gotta go. I mean, Bye. It's almost feels like a broken record. It is. Yeah, it feels like they were prompted somehow to do this. Huh. Prompted um, by their love of horror movie talk. Thanks. But but how can they know how handsome you are when it's a radio? We've got we news for pictures. you, ladies. We have we're on social media. We're on social media. You're on our social media right now. I posted a picture of both of you talking. No, on our Instagram. I thought this wasn't live. It's not live. It's well, just a picture. Did, well, how did that person know we were on there? Well, it's almost as if they were prompted to call in, and well, we we talk about the what's coming up in the future. You know, we say, oh, well, next week we're going to have our moms on the show. Oh. <laughs> and then people call and they say hello kathy day tommy hansen okay i'm gonna uh, i feel like there's a lot of these and i feel bad if we don't play all yeah of them. let's play them play let's away. just uh let's just rapid fire you guys can just talk over them if you need right to. right right Where are we at? Oh, not bad. hey guys it's ian 
Uh, I had a couple things I wanted to say when I called. Uh, one was I've been loving the pretentious episodes. They're great. I just said that wrong. Sorry. But they're uh, great. They're awesome. I'm glad I get to hear them. Um, all the episodes are awesome. Uh, and the other thing was the Spotify deal. No matter if you guys take that deal or not, um, that'd be great if you guys do. You deserve it. Uh, I'll follow you guys no matter what, no matter if you take it or not. Uh, because slightly serious real talk for a second. When I found you guys, I was in like a little slight, I don't know, funk, midlife crisis, depression, whatever you want to call it. Uh, something I never really went through before and listen to the podcast, the after pod, you guys, uh, it's helped me through it. It honestly has. You guys give me something every week to look forward to. And it's, it, it was, like I said, I was in the middle of a weird thing when I found you guys and I'll always be thankful for that. And that's why I said, I'll follow you guys no matter where you go. Uh, HMT is the best. You guys are awesome. Love you guys. Thanks so much, Ian. So yeah, he he mentioned the yeah. I mean that's really sweet. Yeah, um, yeah. He's he mentions the pretentious episodes and the afterpods, which are perks for our patrons on Patreon. Speaking of which, thank you to our new patrons: Michael Hos, Michael H, Jonathan M, Elias, and Tyler L. My my good personal buddy Tyler L. Mm-hmm. And obviously Ian. Yeah, we do have. Uh, reviews of movies that are only available um on our patreon and uh and he is one of the people who gets to listen to those and uh so man i really appreciate the uh the vote of confidence and just being you know just straight with us it's very nice of you ian thank you hey guys it's glittercore i just wanted to tell you that i've been kind of thinking about what i'm grateful for in my life and i wanted to let you guys know i'm very grateful for you too um Working in the medical field, it's easy to feel unappreciated and start to lose faith in humanity. But when I found you guys, Young Bryce and David's podcast, it definitely forced me to believe in good people and humanity again. Um, all of my worries and woes about the world melt away with each word these two angels whisper. My confidence in the world has been renewed by Bryce and David. I seriously believe that. Um, I most often actually listen to Bryce and David's podcast on my way to and from a 15-plus-hour shift at work where I often, unfortunately, endure blood, puff, people in pain, and forlorn. Sometimes it is hard to feel appreciated, as now the public can Google review their medical provider as if it's their local pizza joint. Um, my staff and I often deal with verbal and sometimes physical abuse as well as misogyny, so when I know I can listen to the complete opposite of this verbal abuse and misogyny in Bryce and David's sympathetic and mild-mannered and very much jovial podcast, it definitely puts a smile on my face and allows me the strength to continue Why are you laughing? with the life and servitude of working in the medical field. I definitely do consider Bryce and David my angels, but even more so, whomever birds and raised such amazing gentlemen wears a halo as well, in my opinion. I honestly do not think I would ever have ever survived uh, working in the medical field with COVID without the gift of Bryce. Really and slopping it on thick. Thank you so much, you guys. I appreciate it. Take Glitter- care. Glittercore is just an angel. She's a regular listener, and she just... 
just one of our most wholesome listeners that shares with us inspirational quotes all the time. I'm I'm getting dual messages here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> dual messages about how gentlemanly and kind and mm-hmm. and and then clean up your act. <laughs> Don't swear so much. Well, you know, sometimes we get five star reviews. Sometimes we get one star reviews. People take it different ways. You know, they sure do. So, but I think on the majority, I think it sounds like people really uh, appreciate how how much of a nice young men we are. So, I mean, that's good. Good on you guys. You are nice young men. This is Rahul from the Bronx. I'm a longtime listener of the podcast, and honestly, I felt I had to call in and thank you, Bryce, Brian, Bill, and Mr. David Day for being such important forces and factors in my life. It marks one year since I started listening to your podcast. I started during the the pandemic. I was alone, afraid, didn't have anything or anyone. I just had your two voices. I got to say, you two are just two of the greatest men I've had the chance and I've had the opportunity to listen to. This is Rojo from the Bronx. I just just, just don't know what I'd be without you. Oh, Rojo. But honestly... I don't really like horror movies. They're kind of lame. Like, why is it always horror? It's horror, horror, horror. All the gore, the evil. It's just, it's beneath you guys. You should do something more upbeat and happy. But that's it. This is Rojo from the Bronx. Happy Mother's Day. Rojo's a real sweetheart. Don't trust anything that boy says. He is, he is shifty. Let me tell you. He's a nice young man. He's he's, he's a regular caller, and he's he's always that's really representative of, of what he brings to the show. If you guys listen to the show, you would know a little bit about Rojo from the Bronx. <laughs> yeah. Boy, Mom, you look really incredulous when Rojo started talking. What what are you feeling? Can you describe it? No. Please. Uh, <laughs> I'm begging you. We'll go to the next caller. It's okay. Something that a doting out would say along the lines of, "You're two such. You're you two are such nice young men. Thank you for having a family friendly, God centered podcast. But you have to always watch horror movies. Can't you just watch something nice? Don't say that, but something that feels like that. <laughs> well, that was a weird message. I don't know what that was all about. So who told all these people to call in this way and tell you not to? Well, do we it? tell them at the top of the show every every time to call and leave us a voicemail. Well, no, I'm it, gonna let it, them in on the. Yeah, I'm gonna let them let in. What? What are you talking about? At the end, we'll let you in on the yeah. on what's going on. There's something going on. I'm just impressed that so many people called. Holy moly! <laughs> Move on to the next one. Bryce, what's this? Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Tyler, and I'm calling up, calling down from Kentucky. I actually just wanted to call in real quick and say, you know, I really appreciate how um, wholesome you guys are. Um, I listen to a lot of horror movie podcasts. There's a lot of podcasts out there where they're, you know, they're talking dirty, and they're, and they're burping and things on mic, and they're talking about, like, farts 
breasts and, and, and boobs and, and all kinds of gross stuff. Boobs, And gross. I just wanted to call in and say, like, I really appreciate how wholesome you guys are and how you all really avoid any anything like that. And you guys really, you know, just, just have a, a good show that's really wholesome and, and, it. and it makes me feel good. So, it makes him feel good. Tyler's a nice guy. Yeah. But I'm, boobs are gross. Yeah. <laughs> are you oh, eight yeah. years old? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> this is uh, your old buddy John from Virginia. John from Just Virginia. Just wanted to call and uh, remind you guys how how much of an inspiration I think you both are. And you know, I I can't speak for the entirety of of the, of the audience that listens to you guys, but I know myself. Just from listening to you guys on a daily basis, you know, I've become a much better person. Uh, my manners have become better. I'm just an all around better dad. You know, God bless you guys, and and God bless the womb that bore you both. I, I can't thank you know your, your parents, specifically your moms, for the wonderful job that they did raising you guys. You guys have turned into just there you tremendous, go. well-rounded, respectful, you know, men, and it's just it, it's a breath of fresh air in today's day and age. So thank you again, and and love you guys. Bye. I think this is scripted. Well, this they're all great feel, how actors. How could we possibly all great actors. this many people? No, they didn't script it. They well, called I think this is told, just called a it's consensus. Our benefit. It's for our benefit. It's very kind. I, I don't but know. But you don't have to pretend. It sounds like it's a consensus, though. I mean, I I don't think we're just a little podcast. We can get couldn't get this many people to call in and right? say the same thing. I mean, Total sure. strangers? Not one voice sounds the same. Yeah. <laughs> Not one. Hey, Bryce and David. This is Rob. I'm from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. And I've been uh, listening to you guys for uh, for a little while now. And uh, I just wanted to call. Uh, you guys were talking about selling out on Spotify or whatever. I just wanted to tell you guys, don't worry about that. Uh, you know, like when I first started listening to you guys, Bryce was going through some stuff with his job. I know uh, David's probably had some bumpy patches too. But, you know, sometimes it's good to just kind of uh, – Soak in your success, I guess, if that makes sense. Also, you guys should cover The Fly because it's the best uh, best horror movie that's ever come out. Anyway, hope you guys have a good night and later. Did uh, did either of you see uh, the 80s Cronenberg The Fly? With Jeff Goldblum? Yes. Oh, my gosh, did yes. Did you see that? Oh, yes. I saw, I saw parts of it, yeah. It's gross. It's one of the best. And yeah, and and I also remember the one from the fifties. Yeah. I think that's why I've always had a help me. I <laughs> I saw Jeff Goldblum described as being a very handsome man, <laughs> and and I I only see him as the fly, Brundle Fly, <laughs> oh. and it, and it uh, always scared me. Yeah. So we I came, I came really close <gasps> to picking the fly the other day. Hi, Meg. Hey, Bryce's dog has showed up at the window and turned everyone here into a four-year-old girl. <laughs> uh, thanks for calling in, Rob from Cincy. Um, yeah, we'll have updates on Spotify later. We're still still working. Well, you still should do. Out. I'm surprised you didn't do one or the other of the fly. Not yet. Not Got yet. a lot of movies to we get just, to. We just barely covered the thing. Right. So yeah. did, did, you, did you do X the Unknown? No, not yet. We're going to rely no. on you for horror movie talk classics. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I, I, I was scared of that one, too. Okay. Well, okay, here's two, our two, two more, more callers. Wow. Then we'll be done. This is a, 
It's been a while since we've done voicemail, so it makes sense that we have so many. These all Good morning, horror movie talk. This is Biggin, <laughs> the founding member of Patreon for horror movie talk. And uh, I know that both David and Bryce's mothers are on the show today, so I just want to say that when it comes to raising fine young meat, I just got to say that <laughs> I can't really think of anyone who like would have done a better job fine middle than age meat. you two ladies because every time I look at these boys, it's just, mm, I just, man, they come from fine stuff. So, again, excellent job. I love these boys. Have a great day. So do I. That's Biggin. Uh, you've met Biggin. Yes. Yeah. He's big, huh? Yes. That's what people say. They say, boy, look at that guy. He's, he's the big, largest. He's, a biggin. he's the largest damn man I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Thank you, Biggin. He's also supported us from the very start. Mm-hmm. He's been very kind. So. Okay, last him. call. This is from Gabriel. Yeah, she's been a supporter for a long time, too. Yeah. We love Gabriel. Yeah. I misgendered her several times before we found out she was a woman. It's fluid. Hey guys, it's Gabriel K calling from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Just telling you guys, you are awesome. I love hearing you every week, the pod and the after pod. I just have a question about the video. Mm-hmm. Um, is that going to be something that the patrons are going to get the early access to with the ad free or will it only be on YouTube? Um, again, question. I love you guys. You're hilarious. You're intelligent. I love every review. Sleepaway Camp will always be my favorite. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Gabriel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, uh, I think next <laughs> week we're going to like actually do a test run on the video. Yeah. Um, cause we finally gotten like enough, like buffer. Yeah. Um, we got all the equipment back here littering the, the office. That's why it's so messy in here. <laughs> we'll we'll find out um, what it entails to like edit and and do the video and see how we can integrate that into the current process. But I'll tell you one thing for sure. If your question is, will patrons get some sort of special extra video thing? Not for a while. <laughs> not not for a while. <laughs> if there's, uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we could make it available to them early or something. I don't know, but. It's going to be a lot just to get used to doing video, yeah. you know, so it's going to be a lot just you to get it out. You mean doing this on video? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they can see our pores. It's all going to be in high def. Mm-hmm. So that means you're going to have to have a shower every day. <laughs> I think people come for the grime. <laughs> come for the horror, stay for the grime is what they say. No. They want to see how handsome you are. How would you know, Tommy? You don't even listen to the show. You said you you said you're not allowed to. Does I, Bryce yeah. keep you from it? He warned me not to listen. I, I'm not sure if that's how I put it. I think uh, I could give you some Bryce-approved episodes that you'd probably appreciate. <laughs> Boy, there are some that you would just... You're, Toes would curl. It would be so horrible for you to listen to, I'm sure. Because <laughs> David is real blue. It's not uh, me. <laughs> all right, so that's that's the voicemail. Thanks, everyone, for, for calling in, as always. Um, leaving those voicemails and, and uh, feedback. Um, I think we're still going to keep Horror Movie Talk brand on horror for the time being. Yeah. Uh, but, I don't know, maybe we'll branch out. Maybe, maybe uh, Tommy and Kathy will... Start their own podcast for Gone with the Wind and 
classic horror. Well, this is a lot of work. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm glad to hear someone else say it unprompted. <laughs> I, I never... Yeah, but you did more work than me. Mm, no, David came over and did most of the work. and um, I had a fit with you. I freaked out. I freaked out a little bit. I had a I fit like, with I you. I don't. I'm not good at this. That's why I didn't do this for well, a job. Be- before we go, writing. I'd like to uh, I'd like to make sure to, that you guys have um, some presents. Thank you for coming. Here are some chocolates. Oh, and then we have my you. favorite. We have some flowers for you. Some bouquets oh, upstairs. You didn't have to do some that. Some bouquets for you upstairs. Isn't that nice? Oh, so, that's um, very nice. We'll get those and and we'll give them to you before we record the afterpod, and then we can f- wrap up talking about having fun times on the afterpod, which everyone should hey, make sure well, to listen to. Well, I think when so many people are saying do something other than horror. You could go into action adventure. Yeah, that's a good point. And you could go into drama because there's lots of scary things in drama too. Action adventure. Like, this was mostly. We this. could cover like sci-fi movies. Yeah. Um, that aren't horror movies like Alien or like uh, thriller movies like Seven. Tremors. Yeah. Oh, Tremors was hilarious. We could make baseless accusations that many people disagree with. We could do all of these things and more. <laughs> Um, so thanks again. Thank you so much, Mom and, and Kathy, for showing up and doing this. This is um, something that I think our listeners are going to love. And I had a real good time listening to you guys talk about this movie. Um, if you're listening right now, please share the podcast with a friend. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, lots of different ways to support the show. Go to HorrorMovieTalk.com and you'll find links to Amazon, to Patreon, to all the places where you can Give us your hard-earned money. Um, uh, again, thanks to Mom and Kathy, and thanks to all the callers. Yeah, I, big thanks. I'm going to play us out with a, a thank you, a, tri- tri- a tribute, and then after it ends, you can just play the, the outro song. Okay. Um, if you want to leave us a voicemail, just again, the number is 682-253-4468. We love you, and thank you to everyone who called in. You're all... Looking for a podcast full of burps and gas, perverted cast, skinny and fat, look no further. Horror movie talk is accidentally funny, begs to donate money, fake sponsors for dummies, and so much more. New episodes every hump day. They'll pickle your dickle for foreplay. Patreon members have it your way. Vote for a movie every month for the review. Chopper, chopper. Don't just stare at it. Eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie Picasso. Look at them hot kids swearing not a pedo. Got me too with Cosby eating jello. Putting pop done gave Bryce. Flatulence, train addict, addict Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner, rum, sin kiss. Bryce Hansen, look at them hot kids, Chris Henson. Masturbate with a crucifix, exorcist. Face huggers, chest bursters, alien. Linda Blair, Pete, no Sigourney Weaver. I know it's true, cause it came from social media. Social media.
Patrick Bateman can't understand you. Stab you to death for rotten apple reviews. Opinionated podcaster with a doctorate. Spook allergy, doctor of philosophy. Bad gastritis, need colostomy. Turn Patreons into human centipedes. David Doobie Day, scare him, no, no expert. A global fucks hard, professional sex expert. After pods, taglines, and porno flicks. American Psycho, them guys pretty sick. Chopper, chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie, Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too, with Cosby eating jello. Putting pops done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict, Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rubs. Nothing good happens in the woods. Always get more than you bargain for. Got a pickle to dickle, machines tickle bitties. Vancouver, Portland, Oregon, and organs. Corona, COVID, curse, Lorona. Green River Killer, because reasons. Hallway of poop monster kids screaming. Intraordinary dingleberry itinerary. 30 day shutter and jump scares. They fucking scary. Time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes. Use their white socks to catch their loads. To show them one titty, pretty. Paganism, you should worship. They Teflon dicks. Pacific Northwest, let them see one breast. Shifty ass, stay spooky. Poor man's digress. Bugsy. HMT. Hard movie talk. 